What's going on, my fellow, fellow listeners? Uh, I honestly did not know what to say in that intro, kind of stuttered my words there. Um, I'm just being honest with you guys. I had like a pretty cool intro set up and it just all went fucking blank. So there's that. But uh, welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience. How are you? How you doing? Uh, hope you enjoyed the last episode with uh, me, Big Bear, and Nola with the mailbag episode. Uh, answered some pretty damn good questions, I say. Um, but today's episode uh, features Cody Duncan, who I will introduce uh, here in a little bit. But I got to introduce my main man, Murph. So, Big Bear, what's up, baby? <laughs> what's going on everyone good to be back for another episode excited for this one tonight yeah man i'm real excited about it um you know i'm just gonna put it out there guys there there, there was a lot of spats <clears throat> a lot of uh differing opinions that went a little overboard especially on my end and you know shit happens and hatchets need to be buried at certain points or we can't call ourselves adults so yeah we're bringing cody duncan onto the show and seeing what he has to say Cody, I really appreciate you coming on, kind of extending the olive branch here. So how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, I'm glad you glad you reached out to me. Um, you know, I, I was planning on doing the same to you. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, not a problem, man. Not a problem at all. Um, you know, how, how we always start the episodes here is the guest of honor gets to, you know, give a little spiel about themselves and, you know, kind of how how they got to where they are. So give us a little synopsis on uh, the Cody Duncan experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you mean just how I got into, you know, baseball or. What yeah, you... man. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, this is kind of your everything. little, little segment it's, here. So go ahead. That's the part I love about this just because like everyone has their own story about how, how, and we all love the same thing, same game, stuff like that. So it's always fun hearing, hearing how we all, ended up going down the same path kind of thing. So. Exactly. Yeah, no, um, I, uh, I grew up actually um, just north of uh, Pittsburgh. Well, I would say about an hour north of Pittsburgh. So um, I grew up there playing baseball, um, started playing baseball when I was like three years old and, uh, you know, grew up, uh, you know, in a, I would say in a, in a town that loves baseball. So, and they love the Pittsburgh Pirates. And obviously you can see from my uh, Twitter account that I, I love the Pirates, obviously. Uh, maybe a little bit too much to some people, but, uh, you know, uh, I just, you know, when it comes to my, you know, Twitter account, you know, I, I just, I truly say what, how I feel, you know. I, I'm not saying, I'm, I don't write things that I don't believe in. So, and I know a lot of people, uh, might not, you know, might think that I'm just writing some things just to, you know, get attention, but I truly am not like I'm actually posting things that I actually truly believe in. And I, I hope one day that all, all of us can uh, enjoy winning baseball in Pittsburgh for sure. But going back to, you know, going back to my story, like I said, I grew up playing baseball, grew up watching the pirates, um, you know, fell in love with them. Uh, favorite player growing up was Jason Bay, uh, one of my favorite players of all okay. time. Um, okay. You know, I did, I did, I did like Jack Wilson too. Don't get me wrong; he was a, he was uh, one of my favorites. One of my uh, 
memories, uh, first memories, I went to uh, Three Rivers Stadium for a, a, a baseball game. And my I have an older brother. He's two years older than me. But he was the biggest fan of Mark McGuire. And so we went and played the Cardinals – or the Pirates, you know, played the Cardinals. We lost 19-5. to That was my first game ever. We lost 19-5. to so, That's pretty – that's pretty much my experience to every Pirates game I've gone to. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Mark McGuire had like in that series alone had like three or four home runs. Um, and, and then he had like four walks. <laughs> so they just walked <laughs> the rest of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally feel it. Jack Wilson, shout out in there. Definitely appreciate that. Um, Jacko is not the greatest with the bat, but his defensive work is uh, far superior to a lot of the shortstops that came in a Pirates jersey, I'd say. Um, never saw a Honus, so, or Honus, whatever the hell people uh, how pronounce it. <laughs> um, but Jack Wilson is by far the best defensive shortstop I think the city of Pittsburgh has ever seen. And there's a little bias there, I'm not going to lie. You know, I- I'm willing to admit the bias there with Jack Wilson. Um, also, you know, gotta give a little shout out to, to the bobblehead Jack who always sits <laughs> by my side. Um, so yeah, there's a little bias there. Um, but yeah, man, uh, your story is pretty much similar to me and Murph growing up loving the pirates baseball is, you know, obviously my first love. And, uh, I know Murph, it's one of your first loves. So, um, we can all come together in agreement that, you know, baseball is a sport that, uh, you know, we grew up loving and obviously the lockout is testing our love and patience um, at the moment. Uh, we won't get into the lockout, I promise. But, uh, you know, it, it's just a shit show when it comes to the lockout at this point. Um, but yeah. why we're here, why we brought you on, obviously, is the prospect talk. Um, you know, we want to get a little involved uh, with how you think and what you think of the prospects in general. So, uh, Murph, I know you wanted to ask if, excuse me, man, I got some indigestion. Shouldn't ate those tacos, man. <laughs> um, Murph, I know you have some questions regarding, uh, some of yeah, the prospects. Yeah. So, so I just want to get like, one of the things, one of the things I love talking to about like other people who watch, watch the, you know, pay attention to the system like we do and stuff like that is, you know, I mean, we, we all see the same players and see that kind of stuff, but you know, every, everyone sees stuff a little bit different. So, so maybe some of the guys that like in your time, like, especially this offseason and going through stuff, maybe that caught your eye that like originally during last season, you didn't really pay that much attention to, but now everything's kind of the calm of the off season and all that. And then you're like really, really excited going into this year to, to see. You know, obviously I could give you the, the easy answer in Matt Frazier. Um, just because, yeah. you know, you know, he was, I wouldn't say he was unheard of, uh, going into the last year, but he was not on anybody's radar, uh, especially mm-hmm. after his uh, first season in 2019. Um, you know, I, and, and he, he is a guy that you should definitely, I mean, that everybody should keep an eye on for sure. But my guy that I, you know, that I really, really think is going to, um, climb up the the ranks again because he was high up there, but now he's going dropping. I believe Hudson Head. I'm telling you, I'm not giving up on that kid. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be in Greensboro, right? That's a hitter-friendly ballpark. 
He has a great walk rate. He has great plate discipline. Now, obviously, he strikes out a decent amount, but he 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 does have a good eye at the plate. So if he mm-hmm. can if he can you know work on his his strikeout rate and you know get more uh, barrel to the uh, to the ball, you could see this guy just you know proving Ben Sherrington right with that trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another another guy working on that trade. That trade's already pretty well on the way to being a pretty good one. You know, Bednar already paying dividends up in uh, Pittsburgh. Andy, I think Andy's become like everyone's favorite prospect in the system too. But like to, to have someone else like Head, like you're saying, jump up in there. And Head was always someone that I talked to too. And like with the strikeouts thing too, I think like in Bradenton last year, because they've cut, they cut so many of the other minor league teams, they had a lot more older players play down there too. So as he moves up the system, I feel like naturally the, the strikeouts can kind of just naturally ease their way out as he starts facing competition that's more age-appropriate for him. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with that because I'm pretty sure he started the season at um, – well, he was 19 years old, right? Wouldn't have started the year, I believe yeah. so, yeah. So, so He was a teenager in low A with uh, Escado, which is another guy you should keep an eye on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those two guys plus, I mean, if we're going to talk about low A, Bradenton real quick from last year, um, you know, three guys that I just, positional players that I just uh, think that they, you know, their ceiling is really high is obviously Alexander Mojica, uh, Mikel Escado, and then obviously, like I said, um, Hudson Head. But everybody knows about uh, Indy Rodriguez, like you said. He's, he's yeah. a guy that's just – you know, has completely, um, you know, proved proved that this staff uh, right. And hopefully he can do it this year as well. And hopefully it wasn't just a fluke year, which I truly don't think it is. Um, if you watch the games, and I know you definitely watch the games because you do a lot of analysis on it. So, um, and you see probably the same thing I see with Indy. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's a legit hitter. And um, it's going to be like – the power thing there is kind of like wondering, but like like you were talking about with Head there, heading to Greensboro th- this year, could really see an explosion with the uh, with the bat, so with the power part of it. Yeah, and actually, um, he might. I mean, he might not be in Greensboro, Greensboro uh, very long though, Andy. Uh, I've been uh, I've been told that uh, and that he might uh, he might either one skip a level to Altoona or he might only be there for, you know, maybe a month or so and he's up there as long as he continues to hit. So we'll see what happens with that, but okay. be surprised if you see him in Altoona uh, earlier than you, uh, you know, might expect. Okay. I mean, that, that, that's good to bring up too. Cause like you would, with the potential like cluster that they got brewing in Greensboro, like it wouldn't surprise me that one of them jumps and if it's Andy, that I, that'd be a surprise. I mean, he he earned like he played really good and all that. But I guess the first person you would think of would be Henry Davis, obviously, with it. But where he missed all that time last year, I guess if they're going to move someone quickly, it could be someone like Andy on there. So that yeah, that would be fun to watch or interesting to watch going into it. If Andy moves to Altoona, you know, like Cody's saying, I, I would think catcher is probably not the position that he's going to move with. It's either going to be outfield or it's going to be second base as we talked. Um, I, I don't like 
I, I, I re- I'm not a big fan of moving him to first base at all. That's that's wasting a lot not of yet. athletic athleticism, a see, lot I, of athleticism. See, and you know, I can res- I, I respect that for sure. Um, the only reason why I would, you know, sometimes I put him at first base is because, you know, if if, if he can hit the ball and you need to find, and, you know, and you got Henry Davis catching. And then you might have corner outfields, you know, you might have somebody like, you know, who knows, maybe Connor Scott or, uh, you know, Matt Frazier, who knows who's going to be there that might be taking his, you know, that opportunity away from him. I'm just saying like, they're going to find a spot for him and uh, on the field. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. Um, Okay. So, you know, we mentioned, you you mentioned Bradenton guys, obviously, and, uh, you know, let's, let's go a little lower here. Um, the DSL and the FCL are uh, kind of two teams, I, I guess you could say uh, that, you know, not a lot of people pay attention to them a, because there's not a lot of coverage with it. There's no TV coverage. There's no radio whatsoever. Um, all you can see is box scores and maybe a few clips here and there from excuse me, staff members who, you know, film the games every once in a while. Um, th- there's a lot of talent down there, though. The DSL has a ton of talent and, you know, moving up to the FCL. Um, obviously, with Sung-Chi Chang uh, and the FCL uh, going absolutely bananas down there and then, you know, transferring into the Winter League uh, where he's actually a champion. And I think he gave Columbia the first ever championship uh, ever uh, in that uh, Caribbean series. Um, so that's huge props for Sung Chi Chang, but, you know, who are some unknown names down in either the DSL or the FCL that you could see kind of jumping onto the radar, uh, you know, besides obvious Polanco and Sung Chi Chang and names of that sort. Yeah. So I, I might botch his first name cause I don't, I've never heard someone actually say it, but like, I think it's Emerson, uh, Valdez, Emerson mm-hmm. Valdez, an outfielder. Uh, I just okay. really – he was signed last – or not uh, – he was signed the same year as show, uh, Polanco. So, he's he's a young kid. He's got a lot of power. He's I think he's six foot two or three. Um, I I think – I gave him the MVP honors um, in my recent article uh, for, for the DSL League uh, from last year just because he showed a lot of power for, for a young kid and, you know – uh, I don't have the number. I don't have the stats on me right now, but he just, he, he really showed off with the bat and he has good defense. So that's one guy, you know, I would uh, keep an eye on because I'm not sure. I, I don't think he's, I personally don't think he's going to be uh, playing in the DSL this, uh, this summer. I think they're going to at least give him up, get him up to the complex league and try to get him some more uh, competitions. Yeah. I got you yeah. there. Um, that's, you know, it's a, pretty decent pick i'd say um murph have you been you know i know you've been paying attention to the dsl recently and and the fcl so who's a name that you think uh could jump onto some pages here um my my personal pick uh jake sweeney i love that dude he just carries so much swag and i think there's a little bit of bias uh just because that (laughs) motherfucker is so damn tall and nola knows me I, i just love my tall boys so sweeney is obviously my pick so so I mean, you guys, you guys look at more down down that way um, than I do with it. I know I like um, 
this this name's probably more well known around around people, but like uh Rodolfo Nolasco, I'm really excited to see about potentially seeing him in Bradenton this year. Yeah. Um I think I saw a video um on your account actually, Cody, uh of him hitting a home run or something. He looks massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yes, he, he's yes. absolutely he's yoked. Run out there. He, he yoked up. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 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 it was fun watching him in the outfield, but um. Oh yeah. No one. Uh, I definitely wanted to to bring up with uh with Cody on here because I feel like like he he he's my dude my dude in the lower levels in the system. I know you posted a lot of hype stuff with him too, but uh, I I know I've said on the podcast here a couple times that it wouldn't surprise me that Lonnie if Lonnie White ends up becoming like the best player out of that draft last year and just because of the overall athleticism and stuff like like that and I like I saying I know I've seen you hype him up a lot too I just want to get your like your overall thoughts on him as well man do I love that kid I am so glad we have yes that is my dude that yeah. is my dude in the system I am so glad we have this kid in the system man like people just I, I don't I don't think the reason why he was drafted 54th overall was because people were just afraid that he was going to, you know, go to Penn state and play football. I yeah. swear if he, if, if people or if uh, scouts and uh, other teams knew that he wasn't going to play football, I, I, I really think he would have been picked in the top 30. I truly do. The guy is just a gifted athlete, man. And mm-hmm. the thing is he hasn't even focused on baseball like just baseball he's focused on he focused on football he's focused on basketball and then baseball obviously base if you watch some of his interviews like baseball is his true love yeah that's what he says for the love of the game so uh i just can't wait to see him play this year where he's just strictly focusing on one sport because he's just that gifted so i mean i'm excited to see him play i really hope they you know they start him at Bradenton and not the Florida complex league, but who knows mm-hmm. what they do, but uh, just because I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Same, same thing. It's going to, it's going to break my heart if I see him start at the complex league. Cause I'll have to wait a couple months to, to, to get anything on him. So. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a guy that, um, you know, for the casual fans that might not pay attention to the prospects and just, you know, or, tr- or at least getting, um, you know, trying to understand them more and understand all the players more Lonnie White's the guy to uh, pay attention to for sure yeah 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 and you know Lonnie White another outfielder uh added into the fucking jam that's in the outfield now with the Pirates everywhere um you know me and John Jecker were talking a lot about the you know the clog that's both in the middle infield and in the outfield as well and I think a lot of guys are going to get lost in the shuffle with it And honestly, you're probably going to see guys that have a ton of athleticism, a ton of talent, just not be able to show it. Um, And one of the guys that everyone thought that may be a part of that is Dion Walker. Uh, Dion Walker, great dude, great guy, has absolutely revamped his mentals. Um, I wrote a piece on that with Pirates Prospects. Uh, If you haven't checked it out, um, people listening, great, great dude. Um, you know, he took up yoga and I'm, and I'm a fellow yogi. So I kind of, uh, related to him and that, and I know Murph's over here wondering how the hell is a fat guy, a yogi. I, you can yeah, do it. Brother. I, I just try to, I just try to think of me, like, 
I feel all sorts of kind of stretching and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Flexibility is no. That's just no not man, my thing. come on. You got you gotta you gotta be limber. You gotta be limber in your old age now, big Guys, bear. Come on. Man. I think I might be older than both. Hey. <laughs> mm, I, I might we, we we could we could make that we could uh settle that bet off the air <laughs> a true gentleman never reveals his age right big bear yes that's right yeah we'll that's, go with that yeah let's we'll go just with go with that but no back to, back to my point I, I think there's a lot of cats uh in the outfield that may get lost in the shuffle and obviously um if Dion walker doesn't you know, prove that he belongs in that outfield. Um, it's a shame because the kid has a shit ton of talent and it's a shame to see it go to waste. If that does happen. Um, I don't think it will though. You know, obviously I talked to him. So who are some guys that may get lost in the shuffle uh, in this either infield jam or outfield jam middle infield that is uh, Cody. I'll let you lead. Oh man. Um, you know who so I could actually names. You know who, yeah. You know who I could actually see, um, you know, getting lost at least up uh, in the higher levels is uh, Marcano. Um, people think I, I love him, and I do. I, I do like him a lot, but I, I could see him getting lost in the fold here because there's just, like you said, there's just so much talent in the middle mm-hmm. infield, and uh, you know, if he can't find a way to get into the outfield. Um, and then, or just be, you know, better, uh, you know, better used than, you know, can be put anywhere as a utility guy. I could see him get lost for sure. Um, he just doesn't have the power. Um, he didn't really show that he could, you know, he, he couldn't show that he could even hit really last year with, uh, with Indianapolis. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous about it, but hopefully he can, he can prove himself this year. Like I, that's, that's, what's funny though. It's like a lot of people just think I'm constantly, you know, positive and optimistic, but there are some guys out there that I know, like, you know, it's not all good. It's, it's not all, you know, all, all going to work out for everybody. So yeah. I, I get that. I get that. And, and that's funny that you, you say that too, because like, we, I, I think, I think we, as like people who follow like the the prospects and everything, like we understand that like the odds are stacked against most of these kids here. Like even the ones that we're like really highly sure about and that we'll go on and talk about, the odds are still stacked against them. With that, it, it's the way that I look at it. Now, I rather look at the good and the positive with it than knowing in the back of my head that like okay, this, he's a really good kid. And it, and sometimes it's a little bit harder now, you know, where I've been able to talk to them and get to know them better and stuff like that. Knowing that, okay, well, all of them are great people. They all have this good upside. If they reach their potential, they'd be really good, but odds are they're not going to. But well, yeah. still in the end, I'd rather talk about the good of that than just continually saying that, oh, he's not going to be good. He's not going to be good. He's not going to be good. So. Yeah. And, and you know, you know the players see that too. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, they know it. If you if you're if you're a guy in the you know in the minor league system right now, and I know as a professional, uh, you know, athlete, you're going to get criticized. Criticized, but you know, you get criticized enough with the media and all that kind of stuff. Do you really need to see it with with fans all the time too? Like, have some have some type of optimism. Uh, and you know some positivity towards 
that player. That's what I, you know, that's how I go about it. I mean, I'm a college coach. Um, I coach um, tennis and I would never, if, you know, if we're, uh, if we're, if we're, you know, playing a team that we're just outmatched against, you think I'm going to tell my team, like, you guys have no shot, you know, I'm going to call I'm, you know, I'm going to show my, you know, be positive and try to see, you know, if they can, you know, play above their level. Maybe that's, maybe that is what some of these minor leaguers need. You know, maybe they just need somebody out there to, you know, be, show some positivity for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, even giving a generous number for the minor leaguers that work out, let's just even say 10%. That is, you know, that's being generous uh, to be honest with you. Baseball yeah. is the ultimate, ultimate gamble on yourself. <laughs> You look at the minor league pay, you get paid shit. Some of your living situations are shit. And you're basically the team's lackey, for better use of a term. I don't want to go too deep into it. But uh, for a long time, you are under control for a very, very long time. And things may change with the CBA. Who knows? But that 10% that pans out, you know, because you got all these kids in the pirate system and you're thinking, let's just even say 10 percent. Who's going to who's going to pan out, you know, and that's where the debate comes in. And I think that's where everyone kind of picks a camp. Everyone has a player that they stand by and will die on a hill for um, my personal player that I will die on a hill for. I have two, Dion Walker, as I said, and Jace Bowen. Those are the two cats that I will die on a hill for, and I do not care. Um, Murph, I know you have some cats <laughs> that you'll die on a hill for, and Cody, I know you do as well. Um, but because Big Bear is Big Bear, I'm going to let him mention who are the cats that he'll die on a oh, hill man, for, for better use of a term. <laughs> I mean, at this point, maybe it's a lazy an- answer, but like Lonnie White right now, I'm just like, I, I think just the natural athletic ability and, and stuff like that, like I, he's – I'll, I'll stand on a hill and say that like he's going to be the best player out of this draft class, probably. Maybe, maybe not to that extreme. Maybe I won't go that extreme, but he's going to be a, a very good major league player. Um, outside I of that, on a hill with Swaggerty, man. I mean, Swaggerty. Yeah, I mean that'd probably be next swag. I mean, because like, they're the floor is so high on, on that with him that it's like to me it's just like like a logical thing to say. Yeah. Okay, the bat doesn't come. He's a really good fourth outfielder with with a really amazing club. I mean, how can you how can you not take that at that point? Yeah. I mean, when you when you look at the current potential current setup in in Pittsburgh right now, with, with you know before the lockout and all this stuff, like right now you have Anthony Alford and Ben Gamble projected to go on the corners next around Brian Reynolds. At some point, wouldn't you rather just to gamble on the upside of Swaggerty than than like roll that out there? So, yeah. so yes, Swaggerty probably be my other guy too. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, we mentioned this before um, we're probably going to see if a season happens a uh, shit ton of outlying prospects, just thrown into the outfield, see what sticks. You know, we might see mm-hmm. a Sawinski mm-hmm. jump up. We're going to see a blind Madras jump up. We're going to see uh, probably a Cal Mitchell jump up there. And it, it there's a plethora of outfields. For me. What's that? I'm sorry. That'd probably be another guy for me, Cal Mitchell, too. Especially now with the, it looks like we're going to get the um the DH, DH yeah. and and then out, yeah. So yeah. Cal Mitchell probably be another guy for me. 
Yeah. And the DH is probably yeah. a blessing to a lot of these kids. A lot of them. Yeah. Because you're going to yeah. have a lot more chances to get into the major league club and feed your families. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us realize that these guys are fighting for their families. These guys are fighting to put food on the table. You know, it, yes, it is a game. Yes, it yeah. is a kid's game, but this is what they chose to <laughs> feed their families with. And the Provide. DH is something that's uh, a big ass Turkey on the table. Let's just say that for these for these cats and a lot of a lot of these guys don't get those big signing bonuses that you see on the you know on the news so mm-hmm. they're getting you know they they either get a small signing bonus or none at all and you know and then they get those that that minimum or that minor league salary weekly salary and we all know that's not good so yeah absolutely yeah I, now, yeah that's like I, I was talking to some people on twitter about that today and like i like my my job like i make more than them and like that should not be the case at all at all like I think I like what is it like I said I work at like I've seen what some of them said like at the very lower lower levels like I work a sales job I've definitely made more more in a year in commission just commission than than what some of the numbers are they're saying down there and like that should not be the case at all yeah for sure um you know Cody this is this is your chance to die on some hills man so <laughs> who who are you dying for, man? If I didn't have any hate, or if I didn't have enough hate on Twitter, here we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so I'm definitely dying on a hill for O'Neill Cruz. I really think he is going to show out this year, man. Like I just, mm-hmm. the guy has such a high ceiling, and. I mean, the exit velos with it is just, you know, it's unreal. Like, I know everyone wants to bring up the Gregory Polanco comparison, but I just don't – I don't see it as much as some other people see it. I really think he has – it. you know, if he starts or plays most of the year up, uh, you know, on the major league level at PNC, I think uh, I think he'll have a shot. And this is why I'm saying I'm going to die on the hill here. But I think he'll have a shot to try to, you know, at least fight for the NL uh, Rookie of the Year. I just, I mean, you look at everything that the guy's capable of doing. Uh, he can steal bags. He can hit home runs, especially that lefty bat at, at PNC Park. You know, you got to yeah. love that. So, um, you know, if he can just put a like, like we said, put a barrel on the uh, on the ball, the things the ball is going to go 400 feet. So. You know, I, I'm 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 sticking with him. I really think that uh, I know a lot of people uh, think that he's getting overhyped, but I don't think so. I think uh, he's the real deal. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, he, he put a ball in the stands from his knee. He put an off-speed pitch in the stands from his knee in at PNC. So yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the power power is legit. <laughs> yeah. Power is definitely legit. I think a lot of people may be a little concerned with uh, his plate discipline. Um, But if you look at a lot of, uh, you know, the strikeout numbers for his power, I'm pretty okay with a 25% strikeout rate, uh, especially with that power. Perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Just produce for power. That's fine. Defense is there. And I'm really cool if he sticks a shortstop. Really don't care. Just don't be lazy and throw him at fucking first base. Don't be lazy and do that. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that because I, I just don't think be. he's – I don't I, – I, he, he's too gifted to be a first baseman. Yep. You know, he's, he's just he, tall. That's it. Yeah. That's he, why. He should be playing shortstop or, you know, I mean, if they 
if they need to put him in right field, but I still want him to, you know, at least start out at shortstop and see what he oh, can yeah. do. Yep. Okay. So the last segment here that I wanted to get with, uh, with you guys on is uh, there's pitching talent, obviously on this ball club. And a lot of that pitching talent lies in the lower levels uh, for the most part, you know, you have your outliers in Rowanzi, Miguel Yohore, uh Quinn Priester is going to jump up to double A, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, but who are some level, lower level uh, pitching prospects that we may see jump? Maybe not on prospect list, but jump into conversations. Um, I'll lead, since I let you guys lead the previous segments. Uh, for me, personally, Adrian Florencio. Uh, is a big time uh, guy that jumps out to me. He absolutely dominated Bradenton. Um, obviously, you're going to move up to Greensboro, which is uh, pitchers living hell. Um, we could see that with my boy Santiago Flores got absolutely murdered there. Hated to see that, but I mean, that's what you got to do to grow and develop. Um, Quinn Priester got absolutely murdered some games uh, in Greensboro. Perfectly fine, but when he got on the road, we saw what he could really do. Um, another guy that I think is going to jump, and it's kind of a sexy answer. It's kind of a expected answer for me anyways, Po Yu Chen. Love, love, love that kid. Um, Velo isn't, I guess you would say, mo- more modern. Uh, it's, it's on the lower end. Uh, to me, I still think his control is uh, something that is to be marveled. Um, I, I know when he went to uh, Bradenton, you saw the walk numbers rise up, but very, very small sample size. Um, but yeah, I think Florencio and Poyu uh, are definitely some cats that need to be uh, looked at. Uh, Big Bear, what do you have, man? So starting like kind of sucks trying to hype people up when they're heading to Greensboro because like, <laughs> I know by the, end of, by the end of the year, this like, and it's crazy, too, the more research I've done on it, like, everyone's home home away splits, like, pitcher-wise, it's just insane. Yeah. But, like, a couple guys that probably be he- heading up there that, that I'm interested in, um, Logan Hoffman, seeing him pitch a, a little bit more on With there. big like, ass. I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, like, the, the, his, his, the spin rate on his pitches and stuff like that is, is just insane. Um, Nick Garcia is another guy I'll, I, I like to um i don't think we i don't think we've seen the best best of him yet he's still kind of adjusting and everything um but like i guess the bigger name that people are talking about too and i, I think he's the guy that i'm probably paying attention the most to going into altuna is michael burrows just because the stuff is there yeah like i think i think right now it's fair just to kind of assess him as like a future reliever but but if that that change up kind of comes along and stuff like that like I, I know I've mentioned before that he's a guy that could jump up to the, towards the outside of like top 100 list with how good he was just with the the fastball and the curveball. But I think the biggest thing, we just have to see him on the field more because he only pitched like 40 to 50 innings last year. Um, he got some back in, in the AFL, but we just need to see him on the, on the field more to kind of get a better grasp. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention Bear Bellamy is someone that we need to look out for yes. as well. Yes. Uh, that dude just jumped up fuck onto the scene towards the end of the year um basketball and, velo jump too yeah and i'm really excited to see him jump up the double a uh, much better ballpark for a pitcher um cody man of yeah. the hour give me have, some pitching prospects man that should jump onto the scene yeah i have two pitchers um 
you know, that you definitely should keep an eye on for next year as, uh, you know, as you said, they're going to Greensboro. But Luis Ortiz, um, he pitched yes. at Bridgeton last year, uh, had, I believe, 113 strikeouts in 22 games, which is incredible. Uh, uh, Adrian, uh, that, that you said, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they, he kind of overshadowed him a little bit. But uh, Luis Ortiz definitely was a guy that uh, helped that team win that championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so depending on how he pitches, I'm sure he's going to go to Greensboro. So um, we'll see how he does there. But, uh, yeah, and then obviously I want to see Brennan Malone. Um, you know, we didn't get to see enough That's of him last year. year. You know, we didn't get to see enough of him last year. And uh, we all know he <laughs> – he's got a nice fastball so you just got to control it and uh I, this, mm-hmm. I gotta ask you guys do you know do you have any idea or do you have a um a guess of where he's gonna be to start out uh I yes have to imagine I, I do I know where he's gonna be I legally can't say where he's gonna be just because of uh confidence breaking uh, just to say, I do have an article coming out on Malone uh, through Pirates Prospects um, probably tomorrow. Uh, all depends on the editor and how that goes. Um, but yes, uh, the article though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it in the article. I promise. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's it's just an update on how his off season has been. Um, very very good signs for Brennan Malone. Uh, I know he's been. Uh, kind of shell uh shell and a lot of things uh because of injuries and and things of that sort but Malone's on a good path he's on a good mental path as well so exciting stuff there uh but Cody as we run out of time man I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to me and Big Bear here um yeah man yeah it, it's been a it's been a pleasure dude and uh we really hope to uh do this again sometime man have a good one I appreciate it thanks for having me yep Later on, man. All right. There you have it, folks. Cody Duncan uh, gave some insight on some of these prospects. uh... But he was really big on Hudson Head, which I really like, too, because like like he said, it was like it it was it was someone that that's probably forgotten at this point who was ranked really high and, you know, ranking dropped really low. So people are kind of just tossing him aside. But I mean, there's there's a lot of outside factors to, to go go with that, you know, young for Braden and maybe even more young with with how much more advanced pitching was, was in there than years prior. So. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be Marcano, his answer, because he, he, he hypes Marcano up and you know, there's Marcano is an interesting prospect to me anyways, because Ben Charrington (laughs) clearly saw something in Marcano that he was like, I fucking need this guy right now. And Maybe it was because of the age and he was in the majors and what was he like 21 at the major league level? 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, young for triple a, you know, maybe potentials there. Maybe he has a lot of more room to grow. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see a lot in Marcano. I, I, I particularly, I like the trade. The trade had to happen. Frazier had to get moved. Obviously. Yeah. And Sawinski, I think, can save that trade. Sawinski, I think, is the bigger piece in all of this. I yeah. think Marcano's going to kind of fade away 
That's that's my you know that's my opinion on it. Maybe he proves me wrong. I hope he does. I hope he really does. I hope everyone pans out. But th- that's the sad truth. It's not going to happen. Not everyone's going to pan out. Um, but dying on an O'Neill Cruz Hill is that's that's understandable. It's a good hill to die on. It it's is a good hill to die on. I mean, the dude's got just talent, and and you think too back. So, like, obviously, the natural comparison that everyone wants to do is compare how Charrington's doing to how Huntington's doing, how the prospects and everything like that. And I don't think it's a fair comparison. I, no, it, it's not. It's not. And the way that some some are comparing it to, you know, we're we're not even technically fully into year three yet for for under this regime. Yeah. It's, so, and it took it took Huntington a while to get there. But you think about how highly touted some of the the kids were under Huntington and just the kind of aura I guess maybe for back lack of a better word or something like that that they had even though like McCutcheon ended up winning an MVP and Alvarez had that really good year where he hit a bunch of home runs and and whatnot I don't think any of them really had the overall package coming through the system like like Cruz is just kind of progressed into like like we like the natural comparison has always been like polanco because like whenever he was first signed people were comparing him to like a skinny draft and stuff like that like just all the raw talent and i just think that there's more there to cruz's game obviously he plays the uh, premium position the power i don't think polanco was ever rated that highly when it came to came come to his power that like cruz is no, not like Cruz. Yeah, yeah, like Cruz is just on a completely different level. What's when his, it comes to like power. a seventy grade power? I think I, I believe so. I believe most most people have him as like a seventy grade power. Right? Yeah, that's Which insane, insane, insane. So if there's one guy too that that and like he's already shown some glimpses in the majors too. Yeah. So not not a bad person, like if not a bad person to, to, to get on a hill for and, and, and die with there. And probably the guy who's going to pay off in the long run with it. So I hope so, man. I hope so. I mean, I mean, the, the, like he was saying, like the ceiling is so high on that. Even if he comes crashing down a little bit, like you're, you, you still got so much there and he's so athletic. Like, like people want to talk about like the the home runs that he hits, the bombs, and, and the, like that one play that he made in Erie that like like we brought up with like Mason Martin that one time we had him on here where he threw the guy out from the like he ran into the out into the outfield <laughs> he ran into the, which like the irony is not escaping me with that so he <laughs> he ran into the he ran into the outfield he picks up the ball doesn't turn and look towards home plate till the guy is rounded third. And still throws the guy out. Laser. Like, there's no reason that for one, there's no reason for Cruz to be all the way out there that where he was. No. <laughs> Second, no. <laughs> there's no reason for him to be making that throw, let alone actually throwing the guy out. Yeah. Like that's like this, a situation this, where you eat the ball in most situations. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I ran and got it. Let me just jog it back into give it to the pitcher. No, Cruz is like, he fuck threw it. it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, I'm throwing it, and this guy's out. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. 
That's so, that like just to hear his teammates in Altoona talk about him. Yeah. It was like he had this I don't know how to not godlike, but like a demigod type of deal, you know, like everyone was like marveled at this dude. He has that presence. That presence, yeah. like the 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 guy that you just like look around and you, like you know he's gonna be like there's there's some people like you just sit there and you just watch him and, and the way he hits the ball, the sound that it makes, the just just everything about him, it, yeah. it just screams like this guy's gonna be a really good baseball player. Yeah, really good baseball player. And then you actually like just actually watch him play, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, you, like like we said there, he hits a he hit the ball out of the ballpark from one knee, one knee, and a pitch that he had no business swinging at. Yeah, hence why he was on his knee, and he just destroys it. I think destroys I think it, it was uh, Tim who was saying, "Yeah, if if you want to know where I'm at, I'm just watching this the entire off season." And it was that video of him just hitting it off of one knee. Yeah, like imagine if he was standing up. That yes. ball is like across the goddamn river. Like that's exactly. exaggerating, but like maybe not. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I yeah. don't know, man. And, and to think he's 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 twenty two, twenty like there's still some room to to grow into that. Yeah. Like we have maybe like we have maybe not seen the full potential as far as his power come yet. Yeah. And like he already owns like the pirates record in the stat cast for the hardest hit ball. And we're not even, we might not even be, games. yeah, and we probably aren't even done seeing the best of that. Yeah. I, so, yeah. Like, it's the one scene in the office where he says, I am ready to get hurt again. Yeah. Like, I am yeah. totally yeah. ready, man. I Like, I'm perfect. Like, I just, I'm ready to write it out. Whether yes. he does good or bad, it's, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun. It's 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 just there's a different feel with him. I feel like yeah. than compared to watching like Pedro Alvarez coming up and like his debut and and stuff like that. It's just a different feeling with it. And if you think about it, man, there wasn't as much hype with Pedro coming up as there is with Cruz. It feels like I mean, yeah, Pedro had hype. There's no doubt about it. The power was real. It's just like. This is yeah. like a whole different. You, you kind of got the feeling of what kind of guy he was. Yeah, you yeah. kind of got the. You had kind of had the feeling what kind of guy Pedro was. You knew yeah. he was the guy who was going to play third. He was going to end up at first. He may hit thirty some home runs, but he's going to strike out a boat ton. We knew. We knew what he was coming into. We knew when what he was when we drafted him. Yeah, like that situation was no. But this guy, and maybe like using um, like a basketball ter- term term with it. So like when they uh, the Knicks drafted uh, Porzingis, and they they called him the unicorn, yeah, just because it's it's so rare you don't see a seven foot three guy that can make threes and run the floor and stuff like that from the this logo. Six, <laughs> yeah, this guy's six foot seven, playing shortstop, hitting the ball, hitting baseball off one knee into the stands. I have to look this up. I wonder if Alex Rodriguez was the tallest shortstop before Cruz. I would have to look that up, but I would be willing to bet he'd be in the mix to that. Yeah. He would be, yeah. 
He had to. And he, <laughs> Google, I'm coming Google. to you, yep. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but Murph, this is this has been a a pretty good episode, man. It, it gave us a little insight into the the mind of Cody Duncan and and you know how he looks at different prospects and his process. Mm-hmm. A lot of you may not agree with it. I'm not going to say I agree with it or disagree with it. it. It's it's an opinion and opinions are opinions and people are willing to go with them. And that's perfectly fine. I may not agree with things that he says a lot of the time, but at the end of the day, we all root for the same team. We all root for the same sport. And, you know, that's kind of how we put it with each other in the DMs. I mean, we're yeah. fans of the same team. We all hope they succeed. And, you, and, and if I can get like, semi i guess the word is real with everything like we're 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 all content creators with this right like yeah. we all go out we do our thing with that and like me personally i know you and i've talked about it like we all have our own anxiety and insecurities and stuff like that me putting and every time i write something like i put a little bit of myself into it like with the research and the time and all that kind of stuff so it took a long time for me to be comfortable to so willingly put out that kind of stuff, because that is a little bit of me that, that, that I put into it. And I, I feel like all of us as content creators, if you want to call us that, whatever you want to call us, people who follow the pirates in the system, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it It's just so much, it makes it so much easier and we can provide so much better coverage for like the common fan and stuff like that. If instead of, instead of everyone, you know, pointing fingers and looking certain ways and all that, we just find a way to bring everybody up, you know, push everybody up, get everyone at their best and all that stuff. That way, that way, the people who read, who listen, who follow us and stuff like that, they're always getting the best of us. We don't have to be worried about someone reading. I mean, we're always going to get people that like don't agree with it or, or come back with comments and stuff like that. But if we if we can feel comfortable in putting the stuff out there, knowing that our peers, the people that do the same thing as us, yeah. we're all doing our best and, and, and you know that kind of stuff, then I I think that just makes everything a lot easier. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, man, like this is me getting a little sappy because I have to, but like I am so fucking proud of you for putting yourself out there and actually being on a podcast like full time. Like with me, I, I know like, how hard it is for you, man. Like it's difficult. Probably, probably, probably as soon as a year or two ago. I mean, well, I mean, to be fair, we've probably been doing, we, we're probably coming up pretty close to a year that we've yeah. been, we've been doing this, at least since like I first reached out to, to, to one of the ones that you had, you Back had to the Pirates Unrestricted our, days. Yep. The yep, dark times, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but just a couple years ago, like this, this would not have been possible for me so like it's sometimes like I I always laugh and always like you know irony and and stuff like that that I do like a sales job where I'm forced to interact with people to the extent that I have to do there and sometimes I'll like I like to credit there too because I'm forced to go out there and talk and interact with people something that like I've always kind of struggled with and stuff like that so yeah yeah we're all struggling man yeah all of us. yeah and if yeah. if if you mentioned content creators and whatever people want to call us i just hope people call me sexy that's all <laughs> <laughs> 
baby, if you're listening, I don't mean any of that. Okay, you're you're my one and only. I promise. No, I'm fucking with you guys. Hey. <laughs> No, no. If anyone's sexy on the podcast, it's Big Bear over here, rocking the hoodie, the Washington Wizards hoodie. And man, I I gotta call you out. I like pain. Apparently, I gotta call you out. Like pain, apparently, because like you're a Blazers uh fan, right? And you just go and switch. Come on, now, man. I mean. I mean, I'm a, it's my look. Look, I was able to reach right behind me and grab the, the Blazers hoodie. It's like right behind me. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, like, I, what, I, what do you I, do I, if they play each other? Like, do you just take one hoodie off if they're losing? You're like, oh no, I'm with wear, this. I probably, I probably wouldn't wear anything then. I don't think I'd, I'd wear anything. But I mean, <laughs> but as which is a local. T- <laughs> okay, I'll wear clothes, but I'm not wearing either of those two hoodies. <laughs> but like, Wizards is a local team, so like. Right. Grew up watching them, so you got to give a little love to them. I miss John Wall. I love John Wall. I love it. he brought he brought me back into watching basketball when the Wizards drafted healthy. Couldn't stay healthy, man. I know. Calipari seems to somehow bring in players who can't stay healthy whatsoever. Because I'm pretty sure he was it's... the coach at Memphis when Derrick Rose was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that I like I love basketball. Like I don't know if people know this. Derrick Rose has always been my favorite player because that dude could have been so great. It's it's heartbreaking because like that dude was gonna just like dominate that. He was gonna take over years. LeBron. He was. Yeah. I, I don't care what anyone says. That that's, series that's you're gonna die on with basketball. Yes. <laughs> and and I gotta give props to Derrick Rose. He's still he's still going, man. Like he's still good. He found he found a role. He yeah. found a role. He's a six man. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Come off the bench. Work. Give me like ten points, five or six. Cool. Yeah. Take it. I love it. I don't know how they shifted the basketball. Oh yeah, that's because you switched up on me. I probably you, my, little yeah, bandwagon. That's my bad. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got my Portland hoodie. You're making me reach again for it. I have my Portland hoodie right here. Wait a minute. Wait. I alternate. Why do you have an air conditioner behind you? It's cold as fuck. I'm weird. You don't <laughs> want to get into that. <laughs> it's not on though. If that if that helps, it's not on. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's probably the pure laziness gene that I have too, where you're just like, fuck it, I'm not removing this. It's gonna stay here till summer and then I'll turn it on. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. I feel you. I feel you on that. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I regret saying what I said. My bad, man. My bad. Okay. I'll bury the hatchet with you too. It's all good. It's okay. all good. In <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> but no, guys, we, we got we got to end this show because if not, we'll talk on forever. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear either of our voices for that long. Um, but as usual, we, we really, really appreciate you, you know, giving this a listen. Uh, all the dozens of you people out there, we love you very much. <laughs> um, you know, this episode was different for us. You know, it, it I'm not going to lie. It was uncomfortable trying to, you know, bury hatchets and things like that. But I think it makes us better people if we reach out to the people who we don't agree with sometimes and, and kind of hash things out. And uh, what better place to do it than on a podcast, right? Because we're Absolutely. content creators, right? So I think, it is I think that's it is. the word. I don't, I don't think everyone's going to share that opinion that, that that's what they should be called. But like we create content. So I think that's as basic I love as it. we can no, get. I love it, though. I, I love that word. But words. There are two words. Words. 
Yeah. Words. Wordle. You Please. need to get on Wordle. Wordle. I'm not good with that stuff. Man, I'm I've been on a roll I'm lately. Cold. I've two guesses, two nights in a row. I got the word. All because I'm not well. No, no, because by the time this comes out, I got the word dodge and two guesses because I was watching the movie Dodgeball. I just said, you know what, screw it. I'll just say dodge. And shout out to What's the worst that can happen? Right. Dodge. It's yeah. a five letter word. Why not? It'll work. Um, what was I doing? Oh yeah, ending the show. Yeah. That's right. We hope you loved it. Uh we would really appreciate if you like, subscribed, and reviewed the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, like always, we're going to give out our socials so you can follow us. Because if you don't follow us, you're missing out on all the fun. Uh, so start off with me. I would appreciate a follow on Twitter, at Murfanko. That's M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Uh, post some funny stuff sometimes, some videos, some content. Uh, and I would also appreciate a follow on Instagram uh, if you like taking pictures and things of that sort and posted videos because i do uh it's at murfanko same way as on twitter underscore experience uh yeah that's all me so big bear give me your uh socials man (laughs) as always give me a follow on twitter at double underscore murphy 88 i have a youtube channel as well that i've really slacked on um I'll get the videos that I'm using for this week on it. But so probably at some point I will just dump a bunch of videos out on there. Cause I have a bunch of the, some of the stuff of the players that I have covered over the last couple of weeks. So. I need you to know when I did the growl, my cat like jumped up and went, what yeah. the fuck nice. is that? That means, that means it was a good one. Um, yeah. That, that means I'm the alpha in this house. It's my wife. Right now. No, she's not. Yeah, I'm the alpha in this house. While she's, <laughs> while she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, guys, we appreciate you listening. We love you very, very much. And uh, yeah, let's go Bucks, guys. Let's go Bucks.